Hey, everybody, I'm really excited we get to be together. No matter where you're watching, we love that you're with us and so excited for what God is going to do during this series, because I want to talk about something that can change the trajectory of your life. Uh, If you have a habit you've not been able to break, or you're even going to get honest and say, right now, I'm in the midst of, of something that's hurtful and harmful in my life. I don't know how to get free. Or maybe there's somebody you know, I want to help them, I want to help them. But what do I say? What I share with them to help them get free? Well, you know what? We're going to be talking about that now and every week this month. And I want to tell you, I know it works. It really, really works. Freedom can come. Change can happen. Jesus can transform. All that's available to us. I have a friend named Mike Bro, and we've had Mike speak at Crossroads from time to time. And there was a point in uh, his family where they were in a crisis. Uh, Jody, their daughter, had gotten caught up in some things they didn't want her to be caught up in. She wasn't moving in the right direction. But she made a bold decision to break the bad. A bold decision to go to great transformation. And uh, I want you to think about that. She had to do something big and bold to get free, which is true for all of us. So right now, I want you to hear from my friend, Mike Bro. Hey, Crossroads. Uh, My name is Mike Bro, and I've been with you a few times in the past, and I have the very high privilege of having Chuck Boer as a friend for many, many years now, because we're both getting old, man. I live in Ventura, California, where our kids uh, planted a church called Mission Church several years ago. My daughter Jody is on the staff there, and so proud of her and the way that God has transformed her life. Uh, She surrendered her life to Jesus uh, after getting off track her junior year of high school, and she had to make some big time changes. I mean, in her behavior patterns, friend groups, environment. So right out of high school, she decided to get away and just get to know God better. And one of the ways to get to know God better is to serve other people. So Jody decided to forego her freshman year of college and she moved to a remote part of Haiti uh, to work with some of the poorest people in the poorest country in the Western hemisphere. And honestly, as her dad, I was a little worried about my only daughter being there because we'd been there on some short-term mission trips and we had observed not only a lot of pain, a lot of need and some really wonderful people, but there was also a lot of political corruption and unrest, their drug trafficking and such, and the prevalence of voodoo. I mean, all night long, you could just hear these voodoo drums playing in the hills as people worship darkness. I mean, there is a very tangible spiritual oppression. Now, we couldn't communicate uh, with Jody very often uh, when she lived there because technology isn't what it was today. But um, she, she, one, one night we got an email from her and it said, a, a mom and dad tonight has been one of the most remarkable nights of my life. I was called out in the middle of the night to deliver a baby. And they, they saw me working with the nurse the other day, so they thought I was a nurse too, and the real nurse wasn't there. So they came and got me to come deliver this baby. And I show up at this little hut, and there's this naked, screaming, pregnant lady on the dirt floor of this hut. And I know I've got to deliver this baby, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm 18 years old. I'm, I'm 3,000 miles away from home. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in this, this hut with this woman on a dirt floor. They think I'm a nurse, but I've never done this in my life. I don't know what to do. And she said, to make matters worse, uh, a visitor walked in the hut and she was dressed in the red and blue garb that, uh, for lack of a better term, a voodoo witch doctor uh, would would wear kind of a a priestess. 
And Jody said as she walked into the, the hut, the woman became visibly disturbed. She said, you just feel like the most evil presence, she said, I've ever been in, in my life. And so this lady started walking around, the pregnant lady and her, in a, in a counterclockwise fashion, chanting something in Creole that she couldn't understand. And then she would reverse, reverse course and she anointed the, put some kind of ointment on the woman's head. The woman was freaking out on the floor. And then she stood there at the head of the woman while Jody was getting ready to deliver this baby. Just, Jody said she would just like stare in a hole through me. And I didn't know what to do. Because I'm thinking to myself, I'm 18 years old. I'm 3,000 miles away from home. I'm, I'm in this hut with this naked, screaming, pregnant lady on the f dirt floor. And I've got to deliver this baby. And I got a voodoo woman staring a hole through me. She goes, mom and dad, I didn't know what to do, but just looked back at her. And I knew she couldn't understand English. So I just started singing. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. Wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. She said the lady just kind of came unglued and grabbed her stuff and ran out of the hut and I delivered the baby. And I knew the baby was gonna be born with the blessing of God. And, not some silly curse of darkness. And I'm reading this email as her dad, as her dad thinking, what are you doing in a hut with a voodoo woman? Get on a plane tomorrow, man. We, we, got, we got pillows and, and puppies and ice cream. Come on home. But it made me so proud of the way that she was a light in a really dark place. You know, darkness flees when light shows up. Jody writes these spoken word pieces uh, she just has a way to make words flow out of her. Now, she didn't write this particular piece, but every time I see it in my Bible, I think of her that night in Haiti. Satan, take note and listen well. You will not conquer me. I'm blood washed, data delivered, strongly sanctified, spirit soaked in word and dwelled. You're wasting your energy on me. I have set my face. I'm linked with a sovereign and eternal power. You're a deceiver, but you won't deceive me. You're a roaring lion, but I'm not devourable. You're extremely subtle, but I'm on to your ways. You parade as an angel of light, but I walk in a stronger light. Your days of deception are over with me. I won't be detoured, derailed, distracted, distorted, discouraged, or disillusioned by your schemes. Your influence will not cross the no trespassing sign of my life. I'm off limits to you now. My doors are closed to you now. You won't walk in, crawl in, slither in, sneak in, pry in, or barge into my life. I have a permanent guest now that lives inside, and he cannot share my temple with you. You may lure, lie, linger, lurch, laugh, but you won't come in. Your days are numbered. Your kingdom is doomed. Your designs are dwindling. Your evil eroding. Your devilish dissolving. Your designs decaying. Your progress is poisoned and your ultimate victory party has been canceled. You can't trap me with your teasing. Soil me with your subtlety. Defeat me with your deception for he that is in me is greater than you. So get off my property. I'm praying that you will stand in the light and the love and the power of of Jesus Christ every day. Oh man, I love that. I love that. And I want to tell you, for a lot of you, we're going to get you to a place where you can stand and say, there's a no trespassing sign. Satan's not welcome. You're not going down. You're going to rise up. And that's what we want to talk about. You see, Jody, uh, Jody turned from bad, the bad in her life, and went to a place that was life-changing for her and 
for other people. Let me tell you something right now. For many of you out there, if you will do what we're calling you to do and experience what God has for you, it not only is for you, it's going to have a ripple effect into family and to friends. Other people will be affected in positive ways because you decide to make a trajectory change and get away from the bad and break the bad in your life. Uh, She made that change and it changed the trajectory of her life. You and I, for the next four weeks, are going to talk about how to have very real change, how to have very real freedom. And it starts with something. Now, kind of lean in on this. It starts with destroying strongholds. Now, we're going to talk about strongholds all this month, but a stronghold is something that has a strong hold on you. And, and, and we're going to talk about how to demolish that, get rid of that, change that, and then erect in its place. This is really important. Erect in its place three good things, three really good things. Think about this. You get rid of one bad, you bring in three good. You know what you get? You get great. You get rid of the one bad, you bring in the three good, and your life becomes great. And I've watched it happen. I've seen it occur. This could be for you. And we want that to happen. So let's start with this. Is there a stronghold in your life? Is there a stronghold in your life? Something that has a strong hold on you. So you're being hurt and you're being harmed. A stronghold means you can't stop. A stronghold means you can't seem to get free of what's got hold of you. And maybe, by the way, it's a family curse. In Deuteronomy 5, 9, the Bible teaches that the sins of the father are visited down to the third and the fourth generation on those who hate him. Now, you know what? I want to say this. You, you might even think about this, but you may be actually today living in a curse that's come from generations before you, and yet you've got to break it. and You can break it. You can be free from it. God, God wants that from you. It could be that maybe you had a father who was so filled with anger and rage that he was always lashing out and you find yourself doing the same thing. You hated how he acted. You hated what he said. But now you're living under that same curse. And so right now, you are actually doing something you said you'd never do. Uh, You're scaring your children and scarring your children with the same scars that were inflicted on you. And you want to be free from it, but you say, I've tried to stop or it just comes. I don't know how to get rid of it. We're going to show you. You can be free. Uh, Maybe you were raised in a family that's racist. Racism is a curse that's been visited down for generations. And and I want to tell you, it's time we break the curse. Uh, Maybe uh, you're someone who lives paycheck to paycheck. And, and, and your, your finances are in shambles and, and you're filled with credit and, and bondage to credit and debt. And, you know, you said, I just don't know how to stop. And every time I get ready to, it seems like it goes worse and bad to worse. How do you break the bad and get free? We're going to tell you that. Maybe you're filled uh, just lust, you, like you find yourself lusting like crazy. And yet you say, I don't want to be that person. I want to love the person I'm married to. I want to uh, be pure for the day that I do get married, for those of you who are single. And, and yet you find yourself, you know, just consumed by it. By the way, that, that's something the enemy loves to do to you, to f- get you off the wrong, wrong get, off, get your thoughts in the wrong place. Uh, maybe it's bitterness. By the way, bitterness is a stronghold that has many, many people. And, and I, I've watched as some people are bitter against the very person that would help them most. But it just comes back. It comes back. And they can't seem to let go of it. 
See, you can't get free because you're battling a stronghold, and maybe you can't get free because you're battling the stronghold with the wrong weapons. See, you've got to have the right weapons, but if you have the wrong weapons, you're not going to ever have find success. So, you know, maybe you're using self-help books. Well, you know what? There's probably some benefit to that, but you need a power that's greater than the stronghold, or none of those books are going to work. Maybe you've gone to non-Christian counseling. Uh, I, I know this sounds polarizing, but there's a huge difference between a counselor who can help you because they know Jesus Christ and they're in, in partnership with the Holy Spirit than those who are using things of the world. They very often are things that not even true of God, not even bringing truth, not even bringing value. And so you've gone to counseling and it hasn't worked. Maybe you've just set goals and made promises and said, I'll change and, and you actually are deeper and deeper and deeper into that very thing that, that's destroying you. You see, the Bible teaches we're in a war. Uh, we just finished a whole series in 2 Corinthians. We're actually picking that back up right now, but in a different way as we begin to talk about how to break a stronghold. And so look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, we are human. You and I are human. But we don't wage war as humans do. See, that's the problem. When you start doing things like a person in the flesh, the Bible calls it in the flesh, you're never going to get free. You got to go to something bigger, stronger, more powerful. So he said, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. And then it says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts. See, we got to get those thoughts to change and we teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, you will, uh, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Uh, now, I want to tell you, this is what we're talking about here, that you and I have to be geared up correctly. We have to wage the, the, the war against the stronghold with the weapons of righteousness, the weapons of God. Uh, if you were playing football, we're going to NFL season looks like it's going to come back. If you were playing football, let's say you're a quarterback and you showed up to the game without your pads. Do you know what the likelihood of you surviving the game is? Almost zero. Surviving the season is zero. You can't go out on that field without your pads on. And you know why those 300 and some pound uh, linemen that are coming after you, that see you as is, is the one they want to demolish and take down. Man, they're going to hit you hard. They're going to rock you. So as we talk about destroying strongholds, remember what it says. We use God's mighty weapons. Now, what is that talking about? Now, I'm going to give you some homework on this one. It comes from Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, where starting in verse 10, it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. That's how you demolish the stronghold. Please listen in. You've got a stronghold. How do you get free? You got to be in the Lord. You got to have committed your life to Christ, have Him as your Lord and Savior, and have the strength of His might. Now you'll have the power to do it. It says, put on the full armor of God so you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's why so many people aren't getting free, because you, you don't realize there is a spiritual realm. There's a spiritual part of this battle that you've got to get right first. If you don't get that part right, everything else isn't going to fall into place. Uh, by the way, it's kind of interesting that the two uh, most effective places where we find people getting freedom from addiction are both Christian. By far, nothing comes close to these two organizations that lead the way in getting people free. Why? Because it's spiritual. 
because it's spiritual. It says, but this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So I want you to know that, that Paul says, I, I got to tell you something. You got to wage the war with the right weapons. And then he said this, you've got to put on the full armor of God. So in Ephesians 6, 10 to 12, this is the beginning. I want to have you, this is your homework, go read the verses that follow. And it describes the armor of God. It describes how we win this struggle. See, because he says we're in a struggle. Uh, the Greek word for struggle, by the way, is the Greek word pale. And it means to wrestle, to be in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Actually, here's what's kind of interesting about this particular word. It means to be hit so hard that you shake and rattle. In other words, you're in a hand-to-hand combat, hit so hard, grab hold of so tightly that you shake and rattle. You shake and rattle. Again, going back to pro football uh, or in football, period. Um, you know, when we played, when I was playing football and I was on defense and I'm going to hit somebody, my goal was not only to hit them, I want to hit them so hard I rattle them. And then I wanted them to get up and look at me and know I'm coming again. And, and one time uh, we were at Corona High and I got to play defense in this particular game against Palm Springs High School and the quarterback was coming and I thought, you know what, I'm going to just take him down. And I hit him so hard and he shook uh, in film the next day. Uh, the coach was just raving about the hit and he went down hard. He got up and he looked at me and I thought, I've got him. I've got him because when he sees me coming again, he's not going to think about the play. He's going to think about the fact he's about to get hit. Get ready for you. Some of you have a problem, a stronghold where the enemy's rattling you, rattling you, rattling you. But the problem you're facing is you're not waging with the war with the right weapons and you're not armed. You're not armed the way that you need to be. So in Ephesians 6 verse 13, look what it says. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And here's what I'm going to get ready for because we're going to get to this in a few minutes. There are times of testing that you're not passing. Times of temptation, you're not able to resist. So you keep getting hurt. You keep getting harmed. You're not breaking the bad. And you know what? He said, you got to have every piece of God's armor to do that. And so you can resist, so you can overcome. So you aren't going to have setback after setback and fall after fall. It says, then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. There's a way to stand firm. But what I want you to know is you got to wear God's armor. So I, I'm going to have you read those verses later. But let me just kind of quickly go through what it is. Uh, the first thing Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, this is where I'm getting this from. If you haven't followed along, Ephesians chapter 6, is you got to start with the belt of truth. And, and sometimes people do this and it really is effective. If you're having a battle against a stronghold, get up every morning and pray for the armor of God to be true for you. So he said it starts with the belt of truth. Why does it start with the belt of truth? Here's why. Because most strongholds are based in lies. Most strongholds are based in things that are not true. Therefore, you need truth. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you what? Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. The truth will set you free. So yeah. So where does freedom come from? From that belt of truth. So that lie that says I'll never be able to quit. That lie that says it's too hard. The lie that says I can't change. The lie that says is nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. And, and so that's part of what fuels the the, the power of the stronghold in your life. The lie, the lie, the lie. How about this one? The lie that says I'm only hurting myself, which by the way, that's not true. 
You may not know this, but God the Father loves you so much every time you sin, it hurts him. Why? Because he cares about you. He cares about you. And no one loves you more than God. So you need the belt of truth. And how do you get the belt of truth? Well, you pray, God, let me only believe things that are true. Let me do away with things that are not true. And you hold on to that. Then the next thing after the belt of truth is the body, <clears throat> the body armor of righteousness. Now, righteousness is something that we don't think a lot about, but we should. Righteousness. What does it mean? To do the right thing, to think the right things. So if we can get you to think right things and do right things. That's going to protect you. It's going to guard your heart. The body armor guards your heart. And, and so that you're now living out righteousness and, and, and something incredible comes when you're living a righteous life. Uh, my father, even before he was a Christian, was a righteous man. You know what? People trusted my dad. People believed in my dad. People were proud to be associated with my dad. And I, I was proud to be his son because I watched how people thought of my dad. You know what? Righteousness. When he made a commitment to me, he kept it because he always did the right thing. Uh, he made me do the right thing. And, and so do you have that body armor of righteousness? Then the next one is this. The shoes for the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, I, I would love to do almost a whole sermon on this, but I'm not even going to do that. But it's not just peace. It's being prepared always to tell people about Jesus. So if you have a real commitment to Christ, it says you're preparing every day. Lord, if there's somebody I get to share with, I'm going to share. If there's someone I could care for in your name, I'm going to care. I'm going to do something. I'm going to always be prepared for whatever you want me to do to bring peace. And we're in a world that needs peace. And this, this get ready, the shield of faith. Uh, Pam told me something years ago I'll never forget because I, I can very often be prone to worry. Uh, anybody else out there? Uh, anybody out there? Can you uh, be, are you the kind of person you can see all the bad things coming even if they're not coming? You can think of all the things that could go wrong and maybe they'll never go wrong. But you just worry about that and worry about that. And Pam looked at me one day and said, Chuck, do you realize the only way a Christian can worry is you have to lay down the shield of faith? You can't hold up the shield of faith where I'm believing in God and believing in his power and believing good things and worry. You can't do that. It's impossible. Now, I'm not trying to heap guilt on you. We're in this together. Some of you out there who are like me, you are world-class warriors. <laughs> not warriors, worriers. Uh, in the chat, say, if you're, if you're with me, I'd like to know. Come on, let me know. But here's the thing I want to tell you is that God, God wants you to be world-class in faith. He wants you to stand strong in believing in him and saying no to worry because my God will, my God can, my God will overcome. And I'm confident in my God and I believe in my God. And so we begin to live that way. And so whenever you have your know, thoughts that fill your mind with worry, then what do you do? You've laid down the shield of faith. So you pick that up. And now whenever you start to say, I don't know if I can get through this, God says, get the faith in me to carry you through. And so I want you to think about that. I want you to hold on to that. And be ready, because by the way, in that part of Ephesians chapter 6, it says the enemy is shooting flaming arrows at you. Now, what does that mean? While Satan cannot possess a Christian, by the way, he can possess anybody who's not a Christian. Demon possession's real. That's something else. But the enemy is also real, and he shoots flaming arrows for oppression. And Christians can be oppressed. Uh, anybody can be oppressed by the enemy. A lot of what's going on out there in the mental health area is that there, there's oppression happening that we need to get people free from. 
And so these flaming arrows are shot at you to get you to think thoughts because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, that inflame you in the wrong direction. Uh, last night, I, I was looking at the hills near my house. They are so dry. It would just take one little spark to create an amazing fire. Uh, a devastating fire, by the way, not good. Uh, and so the enemy knows where the dry areas are in you, and he wants to shoot those flaming arrows and, and get you to start thinking thoughts that are harmful and hurtful, because then you'll probably do actions that are harmful and hurtful. And uh, God, God says, don't do it. Don't do it. Hold up the shield of faith and declare something better in your life. And then, then the next one is the helmet of salvation. So you know what? Here's the thing. None of this works if you're not saved. And, and you might say, what do I need to be saved from? You need to be saved from sin and saved from self. Everybody, everybody has sinned and sins. And by the way, when we're talking breaking bad, that's always about sin in your life. And you need to be saved from that. And you can be. But you got to wear that helmet of salvation and know you're saved. Know you're loved by God beyond a shadow of a doubt. Know Jesus died on the cross for you. Some of you right now, you need this. You need this. And I'm going to even tell you this. At the very end, I'm going to lead a prayer where you can say yes to God, where you can commit your life to him. And we'll do that together. But I'm going to ask you to get ready for that. It's so important that right now, I want you to grab your phone, grab your iPad, grab something you can text with. And I want you to text AMEN, A-M-E-N, to 69922. Text AMEN to 69922. And what are you going to be saying? You're saying, Pastor Chuck, I'm going to pray with you now. This is my day to change. This is your day to have freedom. This is your day for transformation. Pray this prayer with me at the end. But get ready for it by texting AMEN now. AMEN to 69922. And guess what? We then are going to get back to you. But the most important thing is you're saying, I want today to be the day that it really becomes real. Some of you can do a first time commitment or a recommitment, but get ready because I want you to text that word, which means the truth and say that that helmet of salvation, what protects my mind, that's what the helmet's for is to protect your brain, to protect your mind. You say, you know what? Right now, I want, want that to be covered with the blood of Christ. I want that to be covered in the love of God. I want it to be covered by knowing no matter what, his love for me is real. His life for me that I need to live is real. So we need to all do that. And you need that helmet of salvation. Then the last thing there is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the Word of God sets you free. The Word of God gives you the belt of truth, but it also is a sword you can use to actually go out and take control and demolish the strongholds in your life. And, and so some people have a, a problem with ants. You know what? You have an ant problem. Uh, you might say, I, why are you bringing that up now? What's an ant problem got to do with this? Well, Dr. Daniel Amen, who's one of the most famous neuroscientists in the world today, strong Christian man, he says so many people have an ant infestation. What is ant, A-N-T, automatic negative thoughts? Ant, get it? Automatic negative thoughts. Do you have an ant infestation? Uh, I, I'm not going to get off on this, but uh, he has done studies on the human brain that says you, many people are so negative, they've created neural pathways for negativism. And, and guess what he also says? This idea of neuroplasticity that the brain can change, it will change. And he says one of the most effective ways to change it, reading God's word. And so every time that negative thought comes, you quote a scripture positive. Every time that negative thought comes, you, you quote a promise from God and claim it. Uh, every time that negative thought comes or that thought of hurting someone comes, you, you change it over with a, a verse that talks about love. That you know what? I'm going to love. 
I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be caring. I'm going to be serving. You start quoting those verses and, and you know what? God's going to help you. And then it says, pray always, pray always, pray always. So you got to have the weapons. So you got to have the right weapons if you're going to fight this fight. But here's the thing. Then you got to fight the fight. See, we're talking about war. You don't, stay, you don't fight well sitting in an easy chair. You don't fight well in your living room couch. You don't fight well when you go and hide. You got to fight the fight against the stronghold. So you need to take the stronghold down. And in 2 Corinthians 4.10, it says this. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, which I just told you about, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. See, we're going to talk about now going to war and destroying the stronghold. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And is there something right now that's keeping you from God? You know what? It's time to let go of it. Text amen in and say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in right now. I'm going with this. It says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. So we know this. We know this. You need to know that gritting your teeth and redoubling your efforts is not going to give you the victory. You need a power from God. You need the weapons that God has given you, especially his word, uh, uh, knowing him in a relationship, living by his word, to go in and take down the stronghold. Uh, There's a place in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in a book called Judges, which is in a history book. It's a history of what happened in Israel after they came from the land of Egypt into the promised land. And, and we see something happen. Uh, the people, whenever they were with God, they were victorious. Whenever they weren't with God, bad things began to happen. Think about that. When they were completely committed to God, they got blessed, blessed, blessed. And when they weren't committed to God and they were or half-hearted, uh, they always suffered and some of you are suffering right now. And the man who is written about the most in the book of Judges is a man named Gideon. So I want you to have more verses on Gideon than anybody else. So, so I want you to hear about Gideon right now because this is about how to take down the strongholds. You're going to hear God's wisdom on how to destroy the stronghold and how to live a life of freedom. That's what we're going to right now. So, so think about this. What happened is the children of Israel were told, if you stay committed to God and worship him only, I'm going to bless you. For 20 years, they were in God's blessing. 20 years, they're living a life of victory. Then what happened? They began to focus on worldly things and even things that weren't good, demonic even. And and so what they did is they had these strongholds where there were altars to Baal and and the Asherah. Uh, You probably know what an Asherah is. It, It was a wooden carving of a woman that they saw as a female goddess. Uh, uh, and so they would put those kinds of things in there. It was very sexual, by the way. And, and so what happened is they had that right in the middle of places. God said only he should be worshipped. Only he should be praised. Only he should be lived for and loved. And so what did God did? God said, all right, then I'm going to punish you. And they went into a time of seven years of terror. This is interesting because it wasn't true captivity. Now really listen to this. For seven years, what happened is the Midianites, which is a a, a warlike group of people, very large group of people, they would wait for the time of the harvest, the time the good things should have come. They would sweep into the land in such numbers they looked like locusts coming. They would steal every bit of food they could and destroy whatever was left behind. 
And they would, they would terrorize the people, attack the people, hurt the people. And then they go away. And, and, and this was almost worse than being in slavery. Here's why. Because they never knew when they were going to get hit. They never knew when the bad was coming. And, and so they began to hide in rocks, hide in caves, hide in caves and hide behind rocks and, and try to keep everything safe. They lived a life of fear, a life where they were starving, a life where they were barely making it. And all they needed to do was turn to God and they'd be set free. But they went through seven years of horror, seven years of hell. By the way, some of you right now, please listen. You're this close to getting free. I don't want you to wait seven years. Get free now. Get right now. And, and it starts with destroying the stronghold. So what happened is that God sent an angel to, to a man named Gideon. Gideon was gathering up all the, the food he could. He had wheat in a wine press, which you don't put wheat in a wine press. But he put wheat there and was getting it ready so he could try to hide it out. Because he knew the Midianites would come at any moment and take everything. By the way, do you know that something could come at any moment and take everything from you if you're not ready? So he's, he's doing this and he's kind of hiding and he's trying to make it happen. And the angel appears to him, freaks him out. And the angel's first words are so awesome. It says this, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. This guy's hiding out, shaking, quivering in his boots. But God saw something in Gideon that Gideon didn't see in himself, that he was a valiant warrior. By the way, let me say this. No one believes in you more than God. And when God looks at you, he's going to call out great things about you that can be true of you. You just got to come to God. It's got to be real. And so he looks at Gideon and the angel says, Hail, O valiant warrior. And, and, and Gideon says, you know what? Uh, uh, I don't know what's going on right now, but we are a mess. We're being destroyed by the Midianites. Where is the God I heard about in the land of Egypt who sent Moses to set free the people of Israel in the land of Egypt and bring Egypt to its knees? And you know what? He should probably not have quoted that. Because God's going to say this, all right, if you want to know about that, you got to be willing to do what Moses did. You got to do what I tell you to do. You got to say what I tell you to say. You got to walk the way I tell you to walk and live the way. And so now in the minute he quoted it, God's like, I knew you were going to quote that because God knows everything. He said, all right, let me tell you something. You want to be free? You want to be right? You're going to lead the way. You're going to be the man to lead the way, but you got to destroy the stronghold." you got to destroy the stronghold. Now, what did it mean? Gideon's father had a stronghold, and in the stronghold was a, an altar to Baal, uh, which was a false god, and an altar to the Asherah, which was right next to it, the wooden uh, carving of a woman. And he said, I want you to completely destroy and demolish that. And, and so it says this in Gen Judges chapter 6. In uh, Judges 6, it says, now, on the same night that the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and a second bull, seven years old. That's important that it's seven years old. And pull down the altar of Baal, which belongs to your father, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it. And then it says, and build an altar to the Lord your God. So notice we're going to, I'm going to get there in a minute. Destroy the stronghold, but now replace it build something in its place, erect something in its spot to the Lord your God on top of this stronghold in an orderly manner. That's important too. He said, I want you to do this all in a very orderly way. I don't want you chaotic. I want you to do something. And the way I tell you, take the second bull and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah, which you shall cut down. Then Gideon took 10 men. This is important too. God said, I want you to destroy the stronghold 
I want you to rebuild something in its place. And Gideon said, I'm going to do it. But he took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord had spoken to him. And because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it by day, he did it by night. He did it by night. So there are three things Gideon did I want to say that you and I need to do. If we're going to be free from the bad things that harm and hurt us. Number one, you got to destroy the stronghold. Number one, you got to destroy the stronghold. That means you got to get rid of anything in your life that has to do with that thing that's hurting you. If it's bitterness, then you got to make a mental decision and a prayer commitment that every time you start to think something bitter, you start praying good things for that person. You start talking about the positive things about who they are. You start fostering good memories. Uh, if it's alcohol, you got to cleanse your house of alcohol. Cleanse your life of alcohol. Maybe you need to go to your car right now where it's hidden and take, throw it away. Maybe it's in a closet, hidden out. Maybe you just got a whole collection. It's got to go. Maybe you need to cancel the streaming service because you're so quick to go there. Uh, maybe you need to cancel memberships. I, I want to say this real quickly. I, I was writing this out as I was praying and I felt like the Lord was moving me to say cancel a membership. I'm not sure who that's for and what it means, but you probably do if it's you. Um, maybe you got to dump the pills. Maybe you got to create a level of accountability. But I want you to think about maybe you need to write out a list of things that are no more going to be in your life and, and burn it. Uh, but God wants you to do it. And the difference is made when you're ready to, to do something, demolish and destroy the stronghold. Uh, there's a song uh, by a group called King and Country, uh, and it's an incredible song. By the way, King and Country is just booming in popularity, both in Christian, uh, they're Christian, but even non-Christians are listening to them like crazy right now. And man, if you never listen to King and Country, you got to listen to King and Country. But uh, one of the members of that group is named Luke Smallbone, and uh, they were at the height of their popularity, and they still are, when Luke's wife got addicted to pain medication. And uh, they were trying to battle it, but he had to go on the road, which made it harder. And so finally she called him up one night and she said, you got to come home. I'm sorry. I know the packed arenas. I know, you know, the concerts are set. I, I don't want to be selfish, but I can't do this without you, which is super important and wise on her part. And she said, Luke, I dumped the pills down the toilet. I completely did it, but I got to have help as I detox. I got to have you with me. So he immediately rushed home and got there as quick as he could. She already was feeling the physical effects of trying to cleanse herself of this and get free from this addiction that was hurting her and hurting her marriage and hurting her family. But she had dumped the pills. She had made the decision to destroy the stronghold. And uh, while he was with her, he began to think of something. He remembered a lesson in history he had learned about Cortez. When Cortez came to this new world to conquer it, that he told the soldiers who were with him as they were on the ships, he said, we are going forward, we're never going backwards. We are going to either win or we're going down in defeat. But I want you to know, we're not going to turn back. And the men were all cheering. I thought that was great. They got on their uh, boats and they went to shore and then they turned around and they were shocked to see all their ships burning. Why did he do that? He burned the ships. Listen, he burned the ships so they couldn't go back they could only go forward. When you burn the ships, destroy the stronghold, there's no turning back. And some of you right now need to make a commitment. I'm going to burn the ship. 
I'm going to destroy the stronghold. I'm going to cut up credit cards because I'm just using them too much. I'm going to get rid of the streaming service. I'm going to dump the alcohol. I'm going to to, to get rid of all the bitter thoughts. I'm going to choose love instead of hate. I'm not going to be angry anymore. I'm just going to not allow that in my life. And we're going to talk about how to get better at that. But here's what I want you to think about. Some of you right now need to burn the ship. You need to commit yourself to Jesus completely and say, I want to be free. You need to say, I want to be his. There are two more steps we're going to talk about taking in a moment. But I want to give you an opportunity to hear the words to the song, burn the ships. And I want you to pray right now and say, God's my, this is my day. This is my time. I am going to be completely committed to you. And I'm going to text amen to 69922. By the way, while this song's on right now, if you're feeling God's stern in your heart and you're ready to be free from that bad thing, you're ready to see the stronghold demolished, you're ready to see transformation take place, I want you to do this. Text amen during this song. And I'm going to be coming back. Don't go away. I want to come back and share two more things Gideon did. But it started by destroying the stronghold. Father, right now I pray for anybody who needs to be set free who needs to be renewed, who needs to be able to demolish the stronghold so it has no power in their life anymore. I pray, Lord, they'll break the bad and come to the good. And I pray right now, as the song is on, they can start thinking about what it means to burn the ship and to be free. And we pray this, Jesus, for freedom, freedom, freedom in your name. Amen.
Wow, and so what you need to do, you got to burn the ship. You got to destroy the stronghold. You got to dump it out of your life. Whatever it is, you got to do something. You got to make a decision to say no more. And that's how you begin. And so you might, it might be a mental one to say, Lord Jesus, now take this from me. Get rid of the thoughts. Get rid of those feelings. Get rid of those things. Or it might be more physical. Like I said, it could be uh, dumping the alcohol, pouring out the pills, stopping the subscriptions, uh, uh, shutting off the service, uh, cutting up the credit card. Uh, You know what? For some, it might be food. Man, you're just struggling with overeating. It's time to get rid of all that food in your house that you say, you know, I'm saving it for a special occasion. That special occasion usually means sin. Something that'll hurt you. Get it out. Throw it away. Make that decision. Some of you, it might even be a relationship you need to get away from because that's where you see a stronghold is you know that relationship's not good for you. So you got to destroy it. So it starts with number one, destroy it, burn it, get rid of it. But here's what you need to know. Gideon went in and God said, I want you to get rid of the altar of Baal. I want you to destroy the Asherah. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to erect something in its place. I want you to replace it. See, this is very, very important. When you get rid of whatever it is, you've got to replace it with something good. We're actually going to talk about doing that in an orderly way. Gideon was told, do it in an orderly way. So over the next three weeks, I'm going to tell you how important it is that you replace the one bad with three good and get great. Replace the one bad with three good and get great. And that's how your life will be. It'll be great. And it can be. But Jesus warned about something. Jesus, talking about how this is a very spiritual issue, and it is, said if you don't replace it with something good, you're going to end up in a worse state than before. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 this, now when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, when you've destroyed that, that stronghold, when you've gotten rid of that spiritual force that's attacking you, and that unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest. So what Jesus said is, it's like this demon's got you, and when it's kicked out, what does it do? It goes to Arizona. All the demons go to the waterless place. <laughs> All the Arizona people. <laughs> yeah, the demons are there. No, that's why you're called the sun devils. No, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Arizona, you could go oh, well. Anyway, they go to the waterless places seeking rest and they do not find it. Then what happens? Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. So the, the stronghold's been demolished. The pills have been pushed away. The alcohol's gone. The bitterness is over. The, the materialistic attitude, you know, have been cut up in the credit. Here's the thing you need to know. But if you don't replace it with the right things, then you're going to end up in the worst place. Why? Jesus said it comes and finds it's empty. The house is clean. God did a work in you. But for now you got a period of rest, but it's empty. You haven't replaced it with good things. It says, then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. 
That is the way it will be also with this evil generation. All the time I meet people who initially cleaned something up in their life, but they ended up in a worse place. Probably the easiest way to understand that is, is those of us who struggle with eating too much and, and obesity. Then what happens is we end up losing the first five pounds, the first 10 pounds, but then we give up, give in, and we gain 20 more. And, and we watch people doing that constantly. Uh, by the way, there's a lot of pain in that. And, and you can be free of that. That doesn't have to be you anymore. Uh, people who decide to get their finances in order end up in spending more money and worse debt. Uh, that's one reason, by the way, for the vast majority, it's not a good idea to go get that, that one-year no-interest loan, which, by the way, has a fee attached to it right off the bat. Pay off the bills but then keep living how you are. And now you own that, you owe that debt plus more. And some of you, you, you got to stop. You got to get it right. This is how we do that. For some of you, it's the eating. It's the, all those kinds of things, the eating, the materialism, the alcohol, the drugs, the anger. You know, you might go for a period of time not lashing out, but it's actually building in there because you haven't replaced it with the right things. So what we need to do is replace it with the right things. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about ordering your life and erecting in your life joy, which gives you strength. By the way, don't miss next week's message. That's how you're going to get the strength to not only demolish the stronghold, but not go back to it. Kindness, which gives you the favor with God and men. You want the favor of God in your life. You want the people in your family and your friends to say, man, I love being around you. And then love, which is above all. And so we're going to talk about how to make all that real. But you got to do it. You got to do it. So number one is you have to destroy whatever is, is got to be destroyed. You've got to replace it. Number three, uh, get on a team. So one's destroyed, two's replaced. Three's get on a team. Gideon was smart enough not to go do what he needed to do alone. He got 10 men to go with him. That wasn't cowardness, that was wisdom. He said, you know what, if I'm going to be successful, if I'm going to take down the altar of Baal and, and destroy the Asherah, I'm going to then build an altar to God. I'm going to sacrifice that seven-year-old bull, which means I'm going to give God the very best of my life. I'm going to start by giving God all, the best of who I am, the best of my finances, the best of my life. And I'm going to start with that. Then he said, but I'm going to do that with others. I'm going to get 10 other people to be with me. And he recruited a team. You need a support system. You need a team. You need a church family. You need that. And by the way, we'd love to make sure you get that. So if you would text GROUP, G-R-O-U-P, to 69922, we will also help you get with a group of people uh, that will actually be very, very real helps in your life. Uh, we have a ministry called Set Free here. Uh, uh, if that's an addictive behavior, and even online, even virtually, you could get help. I had a person just this week say, I love this group. Man, they're, they're so caring. They're so open. They're so willing to support. You can have that. You can have that. So either set free or one of our life groups, we'd love to get you in it, but don't do it alone. By the way, that's why when you text amen to 69922, I don't want you to not respond back. We reach out to you. By the way, we protect your information, but we reach out to you to find out who you are, where you are, how we can connect with you and, and get you things. We want to send you things to help you. And too many people do the initial amen text, but they don't go the next step to be known. And you've got to get a team. You see, God wants you to change. Why? Because he loves you. God knows the you that you could be, the life that you could live, 
the freedom that you could have. He knows all that. He sees it. And the question is, do you want it? You know what's so interesting about what happened to Gideon? It is they were, they were living in a time where God wanted to bless them, but they were living in, in pain and fear and hurt and, and anguish and never making enough and barely getting by. And they would start to get ahead and then the Midianites would sweep back in and take them down. And they'd start to get ahead. And, and seven years they went through that. And God said, why? You can have freedom today. You can have blessing right now. And that's some of you need to know that. Some of you say, well, you know, I've had that period of time where I, I feel like I'm getting free and then it sweeps back in. I had that per- period of time getting free and then it comes back worse. You know what? That's what happened to them. And the key for them and the key for you is the same. That's committing yourself to God completely and then destroying the stronghold and replacing it with three things that are better and, and, and then doing that with others. Some of you right now, I'm going to lead that prayer. And you need to pray it with me. For some of you right now, this is your day. Don't wait. This is your time. This is your moment. It can be yours. It can be real. What am I talking about? A life of blessing and not curse. A life of freedom and not bondage. A life where you really do change and break the bad. It can be yours, but it starts by committing your life to Jesus Christ or recommitting your life to Christ in a very real way. And I'm hoping you do it. Right now, there's some of you, I'm praying for you. I've been praying for a whole week about this particular moment. I'm praying for you to have this be your time. Praying for this to be your moment. So I'm gonna ask you to pray the prayer with me right now. You can pray it with me alone. You can pray it as a group. You can pray it as a couple pray it as friends but right now I want you to pray that prayer and you know what the change is going to come the new day is going to dawn for you God's love is going to be there for you because God would never run from you he'd never say no to you if you pray this prayer and really mean it so I'm going to lead this prayer and then I want you to text amen and let me I prayed it I prayed it I'm in so right now let me pray for you father I want to pray for anybody right now who this is their moment it's going to happen. A change is going to come. And I've been praying for, a Lord, people, maybe I don't even know by name, but I'm feeling a movement in my spirit for people out there who, who need your love. They need to be free from anger. There's somebody right now, they know that anger that is actually hatred. And they can feel it. It's time to be free and let go. I pray there's someone out there right now, Lord. I, I think there's someone out there who's just experienced failure after failure and trying to not be the person they are and they hate the person they are so their hatred isn't against someone else it's against themselves i pray god they're going to pray this prayer and get free for a, a, a man who's out there that knows he's under a family curse and not just a man there's a woman too there's there's more than one I, i'm sensing lord they're, they they know there's a family curse they know they're perpetuating the sins that they had when they grew up God, I pray they're going to pray this prayer and get free. And so I pray for people right now to be able to break the bad because they are calling out to let you come. Be their Lord and give them the strength of your might to do it. I pray for that. So Father, right now, I pray they're not going to hold back. I pray they're going to say yes. All you who love Jesus, pray for, this is big. All you who love Jesus, pray for people. This is their time because some people are fighting a battle in their mind and they need to win this battle by committing to God. So pray for them right now. But if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray, Lord Jesus, I know you love me and I know you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. He died for your sins. 
So you know, I know you died for my sins. I pray you'd forgive me and cleanse me completely. I pray you'd heal me from hurt and from pain. This is a big part of the prayer. I pray you'll free me from anything that would hold me back or hold me down. But most of all, say most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. That's those, if that's all you can say, say it right now. I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So Lord, take me now and make me yours in Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, praise God. And a bunch of you have already let me know that you prayed that prayer. So praise God, praise God. If you haven't texted in amen yet to 69922, you do it because we care about you and we wanna interact with you. Again, your information's private, but we wanna connect with you and send you things because we love you, we care about you, we want freedom for you, and may freedom reign on this July 4th weekend. Uh, right now is when we're doing, may freedom reign for you. And you know what I wanna say right now? Uh, as we get ready to go, uh, that God loves you more than you know. God cares about you more than you know. God is for you and not against you. And may you live in the freedom and live in his love.